Thanks for taking time out of your day to join us here on The Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you learning ways to save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. Speaking of rip-offs, coming up in a few minutes in today's Clark Radius Moment, Facebook is up to doing bad stuff again. I'm going to fill you in. Why can't they get it right there? And coming up yet later, I want to talk about something that uh, people are starting to ask me about. They're afraid of something that's been in the news called negative interest rates, where you have to pay the bank or credit union to have money of yours in a savings account. Instead of them paying you, you pay them. What's that about? And do you need to worry about it? I'm going to tell you what the scoop is, what's the backstory. I want to talk about a gaming war that is underway between Apple and Google. Both of these huge companies with their massive uh, bases of customers are getting into gaming based on a subscription basis. You pay a monthly fee with either of them, and you get a number of games that you can play for free, no in-game purchases, no ads. And the in-game purchase thing is really important to parents because of what happens with kids, particularly really under age 12, who end up making purchases in-game that the parent doesn't know about till the credit card bill comes later, and they can be stuck with hundreds and hundreds of dollars in charges for something, not even being aware that their kids could do that while they're playing games. So both Apple and Google have come up with a new way for to prevent that. Apple's is called Arcade at $5 a month. Google um, is offering Google Play Pass at $1.99 a month. And so $1.99 is a really good price, but it's only good for the first year. And then Google, to protect themselves right now, says after that time they'll go to the same price as Apple. We'll see what they go to later on. So with either of them, you got a bunch of games that your kids may or may not like, and it's your choice. I would say check out both because $1.99 is a lot better per month than $4.99 and see if one of them works for your family, for your kids, for your wallet. Amy is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Amy. How you doing? I'm great. Thank you. Amy, how can I serve you? Well, I was listening to you this morning, and you mentioned that you have 49 out of the 50 states, and that North Dakota was your last state. And I wanted to tell you a little bit about what North Dakota is doing to attract uh, people to come and visit as the 50th state. Wait, wait, you mean I'm not the only one who, who that's the only state they haven't clicked off? Apparently, it's very popular for North Dakota to be the last state. <laughs> I, I, and I don't know if you've ever heard me say the embarrassment that I was once nine miles from the North Dakota state line and I didn't go and I've regretted that ever since because I mean <laughs> come on nine right. miles I could have had my 50th state 
right? My husband and I took a trip out west last summer uh, because I had three states left in the union to earn. And we it just so happened North Dakota was our last state. And so we drove up to Fargo and went to the visitor center there. And someone asked us why we were there. And my husband said, my wife is on her last state and we saved the best state for last. And they said, well, you have to join our best for last club. So they took my picture, they gave me a T-shirt, and I have a certificate of achievement. (laughs) So I should go. You should. You should. Now, did you get to go to Western North Dakota at all? We just went up into Fargo. Because everything I've read and heard is that if Western North Dakota and Western South Dakota were put together, they'd be like, like really more of a state then the east and west of either of them are is fitting together because the topography is completely different in the western part of each state. And people tell me that I'm nuts not to have been to, as much as I love western South Dakota, which I've been to many times, that I've never been to western North Dakota, which is supposed to be absolutely beautiful. So well, now you have a good excuse to do that. So go get my T-shirt and my right, certificate. Absolutely. And your picture on Facebook. How about that? <laughs> well, uh, I will I will make it. You know, I'm also, I don't know how close I am, but I'm close to having visited 100 countries. I may be past that. I'm not quite sure. I haven't sat down and counted that up. But it would be terrible if I've been to 100 countries and haven't been to 50 states. I agree. So, North Dakota, here I come. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Amy. You're welcome. Oh, what were the other two that were missing from your list of 50? South Dakota and Montana. Oh, what a great trip that would have been. It was lovely. Oh, man. I I love going um, to Montana, and it's a place that I have had the privilege to be in many, many times. And I, the only thing I've not done in Montana on all my visits, I've never skied in Montana. That's one I got to do. John joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, John. Clark, how are you today? Great. Thank you, John. So, John, you had a big birthday. Uh, A few months ago. Yes, sir, I I did. (laughs) All right. Well, happy birthday to you. Thank you. And I think my sister's having more trouble with me turning 70 than I am. (laughs) Oh. Well, you made it. I mean, that's good. I, I did. Quite a milestone. I'm proud of it. <laughs> well, how can I serve you with having had this special milestone birthday? Well, I'm still working. And I have um, a rollover IRA with a company. And I recently uh, started collecting Social Security. I don't really need the money right now. I was wondering how best to invest these funds. So for people who are not aware, the federal government allows you, if you have money in a Roth IRA, to not ever have to withdraw money when you don't need it. But if you have a traditional IRA, you have to do required minimum distributions. And so Um, what a lot of people have done who are still working in order to avoid having to do the RMDs, they're converting IRA money to Roth money. 
Okay. Uh, it was my understanding that um, you needed sort of a minimum of five years for that to really be beneficial. And you don't think you're going to live long enough to make that work? Oh, I'm sure I'm going to. I'm okay. sure I'm going to make that. I just, uh, I don't know. I did not know where to go, and my quote-unquote financial advisors, I wasn't particularly satisfied with what they had to say. Well, you know, you're at one of those times where you're having to make decisions with money that you're not going to need and you want to park for a period of time. And if you don't like the uh, advice you got, if it left you wanting with the financial person you saw, why don't you go get a second and or third opinion? Uh-huh. Okay. And so now, <laughs> well, so I am not a financial advisor, but I can tell yeah. you, I can give you general, uh, general information. So tell me, please, the money that you have to take in your required minimum distribution. Yes. And if you miss it, the IRS takes half of the money. So you got to make I, sure you get them done. How soon? How soon yeah. is it you think you would want to use any of that money? Several years, probably. As long, as long as I'm still working, I didn't think I would need it unless there's an emergency. So I didn't want to tie it up for too long. A couple of CDs seem to be for a year and a half, two years. I'm not sure I wanted to uh, tie the money up for that long. So uh, investing is not an option in the circumstance you presented to me. You yeah. do have to just stash the money. Okay, Once yeah. you do the required minimum distribution, you can't um, invest in any normal cycle because your window is too short. So yeah. what mm-hmm. I recommend in a case like this is that you put the money into an online savings account if you're not even comfortable with one-year CDs. Okay. The interest rates you'll earn on an online savings account have been dropping. They were just under 3% from the best providers just months ago, or the highest interest rates you could find at different online banks. Now those rates are below 2.5%. And depending on how much the economy slows and if we go into a recession, those rates will continue to come down. But opening an online savings account um, is really probably the best alternative with your required minimum distribution. And I would recommend that you go to bankrate.com and click on um, savings rate. It'll be like savings accounts and money market. And you just click on that. And all of the ones you're going to see are FDIC insured. And you can just just take that uh, RMD money, just slap it in there, and you know, also you're going to have to pay tax on that distribution. So you got to be prepared to pay the tax when you got to do yeah. your return next spring. Oh yes, I I, uh, I answered all that when I applied to uh, re, uh, pull out the RMDs. Yes. Okay, but you you troubled me when you said you did not you were not happy with the person you went to see. Remember, it's just like seeing an accountant, lawyer. Yeah doctor if you see somebody that just doesn't feel like they've got your best interests at heart or isn't listening to you or isn't knowledgeable that's when you go look for somebody else and i want you if you do need somebody for investing advice 
I prefer that you only see somebody who's a fee-only person who gets no no commissions for anything he or she would advise. And I have information on Clark.com how you find somebody who is fee-only, who is going to put you first, last, and always. That's who you want. Anytime anybody is incentivized or required by where they work, to sell people junk is I mean, that's a place I don't want you to be to get financial advice and guidance. Be very wary and careful getting financial advice for investing at any of the following three places a bank, a full commission brokerage house, or an insurance company. I was just thinking back to John's call, and there's something I've meant to mention I forgot. And it's something that you should know if you have aging relatives or you yourself are a senior citizen. This tax year that we're in, 2019, is the first year that people that are older are going, you have to be 65 or over, are going to be able to do the new IRS form that I talked about before it didn't happen now it has it's the form just for senior citizens called appropriately the 1040 sr so this form is designed where most people 65 and over this doesn't apply to people who've got a lot of money a lot of investments all that but most people will be able to fill out a new ultra simplified tax form You won't need any tax professional to help you at all. The form has uh, bigger type, brighter type. They've ended shading on the form so that uh, people whose eyes aren't quite as good as they used to be will be able to read the form. And this this is really great because it's such a pain for people who have a simple situation to have to try to struggle through the traditional tax forms or pay somebody to do what with this new form, you should be able to fill out the whole form in four to six minutes. And I think that's a good thing. Now let's talk about something that's a bad thing, something Facebook is up to, and it's today's Clark Rageous Moment. Scams, rip-offs, outrages. It's a Clark Regis moment. The culture at Facebook seems so diametrically opposed to anybody having any privacy at all. And this is a continuation of a scandal that affected Amazon, Apple, and Google that all have these home devices that people have been unplugging after all the publicity, the, um, the Amazon Echo line the google home devices i forget what apple calls theirs they all had humans listening in and in many cases listening in when people weren't asking things and listening to private conversations and private activities that's why i've said if you've got them in the bedroom don't have any of these speakers in the bedroom well now you would think after all the negative publicity that surrounded these things that Facebook would have gotten it right, but Facebook 
has the portal device, and now they've admitted that they've been listening in with humans to what people are doing on portal. Is this so hard to understand that if you're going to have trust with people and you put in a device that's a convenience, that you don't spy on them? This is ridiculous that this has gone on. To my wife's credit, several years ago, when I was putting one of the devices in our, in our bedroom by my nightstand, she said, get that thing out of this room. She was right. Always listen to your wife. I'm glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you being empowered with knowledge so you can keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website, ClarkDeals.com, where you go to save money on your purchases around the clock. So I have talked a lot recently, including just earlier, about interest rates dropping on what you can earn in savings. And now I'm looking, and the best rates in the country tend to be around 2.4% on savings, about a half a point lower than where the best rates on savings accounts were just a couple of months ago. But as corporations are having more trouble and as the economy is slowing, not recession, but slowing, the trend is not your friend if you're a saver. In some cases, as I shared with you recently, it is your friend with borrowing. But there's something going on in parts of Europe where savers now have to pay to have their money in savings called negative interest rates. The president recently, um, when he lost his temper about the Federal Reserve, said that they should cut rates to negative rates. And uh, got to be careful what you wish for, Mr. President, because it's not a good thing. And it can lead to extreme economic problems, not to mention what it does to savers. But you may wonder, what's this about? Okay, so we get the idea of interest rates dropping. The economy slows. The demand for borrowing slows. So the people who want to attract deposits don't have as much desire to attract those deposits, and they cut the interest rates they'll pay you, hoping you won't come to them. That's, that's the simplest explanation I can give you, because if less people are coming to borrow money to buy a home, to borrow money to buy a car, to, uh, they use credit cards less than they were before, et cetera, et cetera, then... There's not as much need for the money at the banks to lend to people borrowing, and that's why they cut the rates on savings. So in order for us to get to where a couple of countries are now in Europe, and this is something that's happened in Asia from time to time, we would need things to get pretty nasty rotten for us to get to a point where you have to pay a bank to take your money and hold it for you. I mean, who would ever imagine that we'd even be talking about the possibility of having money in a mattress being better than having money in 
uh, savings account that instead of paying you interest, you would have to pay the bank interest to have your money for you. So I don't think it will come to that. And I hope certainly it doesn't because if it does happen, it means we got a lot of problems with our economy. And right now, as I've shared with you, the economy has multiple things going on at once. Parts of it are very strong. Parts of it are weak and getting weaker. And a lot of it's doing A-OK. So I don't think we're going that way. But what you can earn on savings is headed lower. So I want to reiterate something you may not have heard me say. This will be the third time I've said it in the last six weeks. This is a time where if you have money in savings, you don't need in the immediate future, put it into a one-year CD where you can lock in the rate. Because what's available on one-year CDs is enough that it basically freezes what you can earn in place. And the one-year CD rates right now are about 2.3%. And so at that kind of rate, at least you know you're getting that and you don't have to worry about rates steadily declining towards nothing. The irony of this is that traditional bricks-and-mortar banks, even when they could have easily paid more, took advantage of their customers, their loyal customers, and were paying them essentially zero. So nothing really changes for you. The real thing to do is not put any idle money sitting in a traditional bank because all they do is eat up your money and give you nothing for it. Jim joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Jim. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Jim. I understand you're looking for a job. How does it seem out there looking? Well, I was recently laid off after 18 years at oh, my I'm, previous... Em- I'm so sorry. Did you, yeah. did you think it was coming? Did, were there signs that you thought there were layoffs coming, or did it hit you completely out of the blue? Yeah, so there were, there were signs, and I, although I wasn't really completely prepared for it, um, I guess I knew it was coming at some point in time. So, But yeah, a lot of things have changed in 18 years in the uh, searching for jobs and putting together a resume and whatnot, and uh, so that's where I'm at. So what are you finding as you look for a job now in the whole online thing? Well, I've got, you know, um, emails that I get delivered to me from, you know, uh, your typical job board, electronic job boards, online job boards. And last week I was bombarded with six, um, from six different recruiting companies that looked like the same job. They had the exact same job description and uh, I thought I would apply to all of them to hedge my to hedge my bets to get an interview. And um, three of them contacted me right away, and everything was just very suspicious. It threw up a lot of, a lot of red flags. And um, three of those companies that contacted my, me by phone wanted my last five digits of my social security number. Oh boy! <laughs> I'm waiting for the. Uh, oh, the alarm you want to me? Off. Okay, I'll do something. Let's see what you <laughs> like. How's that? Yeah, perfect. 
So, yeah, so did you ever find kind of, out were any of the people who contacted you legit or were they all phony postings? Well, I did find out that one was legit because I had a LinkedIn contact where I, I messaged her and I asked her, I was like, this seems suspicious. And she did some digging for me because she worked at the company that they that all six of these recruiting companies claimed. They all claimed the same uh, client, which was, you know, that was that was in line. Um, so I contacted a contact that I did have there via LinkedIn and she got back to me and she did say that this one particular vendor was legit. And she kind of gave me the same email that um, or email address that this company wanted to use. But uh, unfortunately, by the time I replied back to the company to apply for the contract position, it had already expired. Well, um, there's something really important you're bringing to the table and it's the same thing that's happened with online listings for cars for sale, online listings for properties for rent. I'm trying to think what other categories where criminals are engaging in what's known as screen scraping, where they go on a legitimate listing. And you're seeing this, obviously, on electronic job boards, that they go and they capture all the information for a legitimate job listing, but simply change who you reply to. And the reply to then goes to a crook, and then the crook is trying to engage in identity theft. And imagine, I mean, that just, you think what kind of low lives there are in the world that here you are looking for work. You've been laid off after 18 years somewhere you need every penny you have till you find your next opportunity. And these people are going to try to separate you from your money or steal your identity or both. So yes. uh, this is a really important warning for other people. So you asked up front how I would handle this. Think about what you did. You contacted somebody that you knew was with the company that the job was supposedly um, available through on LinkedIn, you were able to verify what was really going on. And that goes the core about what's going to be required. And people are out of practice looking for jobs right now, you know, who have suffered layoffs. Although we've had probably half a dozen people in the last many weeks who've called me following a layoff. So, you know, certain industries are slowing down right now. And so, you got to know that you don't want to give any personal information without first in some way verifying that a job opportunity is legit and that the people you would be in communication with are also legit. And never give anybody your social security number or even part of it in a circumstance like this. So yeah. there's something yeah. else I wanted to say to you in looking for a job, Jim. Yes. Almost all jobs that are going to count, you're going to get by networking with people you know rather than looking online. And networking yes. can be LinkedIn. <laughs> I mean, LinkedIn is kind of like looking across a fence talking to a neighbor. But a lot of what you do is by... Um, building a list of everybody you've ever dealt with in your business over the years and start reaching out to them. 
because people hire people. You know, almost all jobs that are listed, the people that are doing the hiring either already have decided who they're going to hire and they're just going through the motions HR makes them do for um, how they fill a job, or they have a pretty good idea who they're interested in. And so working your network is where the best opportunities are going to come along. That is so true. That's and it's beyond just work colleagues. It can be any organization you're part of, uh, any religious congregation or church you're a member of. You, you work where you know people is where you put your main efforts finding the opportunity. So I had one last question for you. The skills you, okay. you have, Jim, are they skills that, as best you can tell, the marketplace needs I'm not exactly sure. I, I, I'm such a niche uh, position. I thought, think that I was in, and I was really using a lot of proprietary software that you know isn't really transferable. And that's kind of the the hard part that I'm trying to deal with right now is trying to explain and and document my transferable skills. So that's my hurdle right now. Okay, so that tells me something right away. You need to talk with somebody as a mentor who knows your background, what you've done, and and get their guidance how you sell yourself based on the the experience you've had and the skills you did use in that job so that you present yourself in a way that you're the most desirable candidate someone's going to see. And I wish you the best in your search. And the, again, the economy is going kind of two speeds at once. There are lots of places who really need people right now. You just got to find that opportunity that fits you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance— then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Ruth is with us on the Clark Howard Show. And Ruth, you have a special warning for your fellow listener. Is that right? Absolutely. Um, I was on my computer um, yesterday and walked away for a minute. And there was this real loud beeping message or a, a beeping sound. And then an error message from a major computer company came across and it said that um, my computer was going to crash if I didn't call this number. And um, so I called the number. And was and this the one that said it was from Microsoft and had their logo? Yes. Okay. And so I thought it was legit. So what happened and when you called the number? Well, somebody asked if they could have um, access to my computer, remote access, and I gave it to them. And um, then... Um, through the conversation, I realized this 
is a scam because he told me not only was my computer infected with this virus, but everything on my network was uh, also infected. And I wasn't to do any financial um, um, type of um, transactions. Yeah. Yeah. Transactions on any other device except for my computer. And then I knew for sure it was a scam. (laughs) So this individual... Um, this is this is a long time scam with people pretending to be from Microsoft, and they had they had loaded at some point they had loaded some malware on your computer from either an email you clicked on or a web page you mistyped or who knows what, and so they just wait for somebody to see that pop up and call, and then what they try to do is take over your computer and do many other mischievous things so at that point did you hang up on this individual yes i demanded that he leave my computer and then i did hang up all right Um, you're gonna need you're gonna need to before you use that computer again you're gonna need to have a thorough virus scan run on it and i don't know that it'll be enough just to run one that you'd have at home you might want to go to a service desk at a computer store and pay them to do a full virus check on your computer. Okay. Because the individual may have put something known as a keylogger program on it when they had control. And then what they do is they track every key you type. So they get usernames and passwords and things like that. Okay. So, All right. Well, thank you very much. I want to I, th- I want to thank you though for sharing what happened to you with others because uh, people don't know about this ugly scam. I didn't know about this scam. I knew about the scam where they called you, but it looked so legit on my computer that right. I thought you know it was this um, major. Company. It drives Microsoft crazy because people that will then call the legitimate number at Microsoft and start yelling at them. And they're like, wait, 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 we didn't do this. Yeah. So, so do, do I need to like call my, I've called my credit card um, uh, people and I've already frozen my bank accounts just in case. Cause I wasn't sure what they retrieved off my computer. Right. And you Is took, it? you took very uh, good steps and you'll need to monitor your credit card. I would do it with, the credit card app on your phone and I would do okay. it with the banking app for your checking account. If you have a savings account, just monitor those right. on your phone, not on your computer. One of the safest ways to do those things is through the apps available from financial institutions and that'll be an extra layer of protection for you till you're sure your computer is safe. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.